Welcome to the Didi and Latel Show. Advice, thoughts, and stories from a married couple on cybersecurity, technology, and life in general. Now here are your hosts, Didi and Latel. Hello and welcome to the Didi and Lital show. Didi is remote this week and because of hockey, right? Hi, Didi. Of course. I am what Felger calls the remote a-hole seat. So I am in the remote a-hole seat. Today I am in a hotel room in lovely, lovely, lovely Cape Cod. Omri discovered that you can't trust the internet because if you trust the internet, you discover that all the restaurants are closed. He, we were trying to island hop one restaurant after the other on the on the our commute last night to find dinner. In November at, and you're going to the Cape. Everything is closed. Like trusting the internet is stupid. Just trust your judgment. Yes, and we ended up eating. Well, I, I, I wanted him to learn about consequences, but that's a but that's for a different conversation. Did you go to the McDonald's? No, we ended up even worse. The McDonald's was closed. We ended up getting sandwiches from the Seven Eleven. The fact that I oh, asked, no. <laughs> yes, sandwiches from the Seven Eleven. They've been around for two months. Exactly, <laughs> made out of rubber. So let's kick ourselves off. The Bruins are eleven one and one. Jeremy Swayman has lost not lost a single game, uh, and things are awesome. As I'm showing my support. Hopefully, Armory's team wins, and let's kick ourselves off. Oh, yeah, and, and of course, fire Bill Belichick. I'm on the I am on the fire Bill Belichick and fire him now, after we'd um, lost to a team that basically Newton South would beat. Yeah, you're so lucky focusing on those things and not watching politics and like following the war in Israel. Good for you. Uh, I mean, why, I'm, that's why I'm here. And I think of firing other people. That that's on my mind. But that that's just a bliss that you can yeah. focus on that. We have a good conversation today that we want to run with, the, with uh, and, and we really want to get opinions here. Kick us off, Didi. Let's talk about tough conversations. Hard conversations. Hard so, conversations. What are they? So let's start with what's happening right now. What I'm learning is that the modern generation invented a concept called ghosting. So I'm old, and Lital taught me that there's this concept called ghosting. Ghosting. Lital, can you explain ghosting? Ghosting means that you disappear. Instead of engaging with somebody, you just walk away. Since our generation, today's generations, they hardly talk face to face. They text on each and every platform they have, IMing, texting, WhatsApping, DMing, or whatever. Most of the communication is digital communication, not face-to-face, they don't show up in the friend's home, and if they don't like something, if they want to break up, if they don't like their friend, the easiest thing, instead of engaging in a conversation, is to just disappear, disappear from digital media, stop responding to emails or to text, and maybe block, maybe just ghosts. So that's ghosting. Everybody knows it, but you, Didi. Yeah, I'm a boomer. Boomer. Uh, You're just X, but behaving like a boomer. Yes. Yes. I I dropped my tie-in glasses because you told me not to show the world that I'm so old. Think about this concept of ghosting. You, You were shocked that it exists. Yes. Yes. Because I think 
people should head. I'm very subtle. Subtlety is like my middle name. By the no, way, you don't even know the word. What do you mean? Exactly. By the <laughs> way, this, this, this is something I had to teach Lital that the word subtle does not exist in Hebrew because in Israel, there's no subtlety. There's it's black, fantastic. white. There's head on conversations. One of the things that I've lived my life based on is to tell people. Now I learned, by the way, that I learned thanks to watching Congress conversations. There's something called speak truth to power. I've, I've, I've embraced the speak truth to power. Basically, being able to, to tell people all the stuff that they don't want to hear in their face straight away. If I wanted to break up, I broke up. I called somebody up or met them face to face and said, thank you very much. No, thank you. Goodbye. If I want to quit my job, I call my boss and says, this is not going well. I am on my way out. Fix it. So, or, or else. And this is what, and this is something that's been slowly, slowly disappearing from our culture. And the hard conversation is the ability to deal with topics that are uncomfortable, like getting a pay raise. If you feel that your job is not what you're supposed to do, if you're getting an offer or a position that's a lot lower than what you should be doing, if you believe that you should be in a rank that's higher than where you are, if you have an employee that is underperforming and you want to get him on the right track, if you have somebody that is actually doing 80% of what they're supposed to be doing rather than 100% of what they should be doing, actually that's a lot harder conversation to have because when somebody is like a bottom, bottom performer, it's really easy to, to go and tell them either either the nice way that Lital does or the my way that you suck and you're you're in trouble. You you need to be able to that's an easier conversation to have. It's hard, but it's easier to tell somebody that they're at eighty percent and they should actually be at a hundred percent is a much harder harder conversation to have because you need to be able to convey in a clear way this is what you do well, this is what you're not doing well. And not do it in what is called Israeli style, Israel military style feedback, which is called sandwich method of saying something good, saying something bad and saying something good again. And everybody forgets the something bad in the middle. Okay. Okay. Hold on. You're already getting to the gist of it. And I want to pause for a second before we, we kind of get to it as usual. You're running. Let me frame this first. I think we're in a society that either avoid conversation or uses anonymity to have blunt, really cruel conversation on social media. There is nothing in the middle and there are no conversations when people actually talk. So first, I want to start framing it by in life, there are conversations that you need to take as a conversation, if not face-to-face -face in a room with a person, at least with an open camera speaking to a person. You cannot text it. You cannot avoid it and you should stop procrastinating on it. And you cannot take the anonymity of social media and you're being disrespected in work or you're being mistreated at work and then use the anonymity to put a glass door, freaking bad review. You want to do it, do it. It's not constructive. It's not helping you. It's not helping your peer get better benefits at work if this is what you want to get. It or, just makes or... you the a-hole. So I want to start by stating 
and especially for the younger generation that is listening to us. This behavior is what it's all okay, but you cannot really improve your state in life. You cannot improve your employees. You cannot improve your peers. If you keep on having social media rants or you just dismiss a topic or you just go and, and post things anonymously, it's not going to help. The company is going to dismiss it and, and ignore you as a disgruntled employee. Um, or one HR and open an ER ticket and say, oh, somebody said something so, so vile because somebody's and it won't actually make an improvement. It might, it might, exactly. it might get somebody fired, but it, it, it can, it will do one of two things. It will either get somebody fired or reprimanded, but they won't actually. Or the topic being shoved, swept out of the carpet. You need to understand that if you want to improve your life, you need to learn to speak up and literally speak up. You need to engage. You need to engage in conversations. And there is a magic when you actually openly muscle up and talk. Yes, and it's hard. And we'll talk in a second how you can do it. How can you prep what to do? And we'll give you some examples. But the magic happens when humans interrupt, when yeah. you actually speak up in a room and look at the eyes of the other person. Not email, not any posts and stuff. It never helps. Only real conversations. If you can do it, do it in a closed door in a room with a person. That helps because even if your opinion is millions of uh, miles away from the other person, once you have this human interaction with a person, you can actually make him empathize with you and understand you, the thing that he cannot do with any written communication. So this is crucial, and I want everybody to understand everything that is like in digital uh, manner doesn't get you outcomes. Okay. Yeah. And I'll so, start with, with, with the history of hard conversations and why we're talking about this. So I'll start by outing Little. So when Lital was a new boss, so my history of being a boss is a very, very sad one because when I was 19, and a lot of my friends will that listen to this show will crack up, my commander in the army walked into the room and said, you're the only person here with so socially something remote to social skills. Good luck. You're going to start being a shift commander as of tomorrow. Good luck. No training, no nothing. Go. So I've been doing this for a while. Lital was a boss in Procter & Gamble, and she had an employee that was underperforming. And all the hard conversation that happened was she used to come home, yell at me for about 30 minutes about that employee and not do anything about it. And she had a very complicated situation because I think that employee was a contractor through a secondary party. Something yeah, like that. it was uh, an external uh, kind of Procter employee. So I bought her a book called Hard Conversations, which one of my commanders in the army gave me, well, way back when, to explain how to engage and have a conversation about performance and things like that with your employee. And this is 
And people don't feel comfortable talking about this. No, it's hard. Like, you don't want to be that. You don't want to have it. Nobody wants to have the conversation about you don't perform. We need to have a conversation. Yeah, Didi kind of loves it. Nobody loves it. I mean, it's tough. It's tough because we want to please. We want to be loved. We want everything to be smooth. And we don't like friction. Having tough conversation means you add friction to your life. But guess what? Life is not about gliding through it. If if you want to become a manager, if you want to progress in life, you'd better understand that friction is part of the game. It yep. makes you tougher. It makes everybody learn. And you're not doing a good job with this employee if you're not telling him that he's underperforming. Yes. No. Rule number one for hard conversation. It's actually counterintuitive. And especially Aaron's probably going to crack up when he hears us talk about this. First rule of hard conversation is actually listening in previous conversation. Listening up. If you have good memory, remember key points and rehearse ahead of time. What are your key talking points? Because you need to listen, listening before, during, and after. This is the the listening part is the counterintuitive to the hard conversation because everybody wants to blast the conversation. Our son, Ron, likes to blast and never want to listen. And you can hear him fidgeting when he's talking to us. He wants to blab up, hit stuff and not actually absorb. So when you do a hard conversation, it's very counterintuitive. Rule number one is listening and taking notes and be willing to, to take these notes ahead of time and, and after. Second, what the rule of sight are hard conversations? One topic, not many topics. You can't, mm-hmm. you can't have a million topics. Most people don't recall shit. You can't come to, tell people you're doing this bad and you're doing this bad and you're doing this bad and you're doing this bad. That, 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 that never works. One topic, one problem to solve at a time because it's going to be hard. And if you go off topic, it dilutes the message. It needs to be a hard message and it needs to be a clear message. And it needs to be one. I want to fix one problem at a time. And the other parts, It's also, just to add, it's less overwhelming. Think about the other person. You have so many things to complain. He's late and his work is not perfect. And he has this and this and this. Don't overdo it. Just pick the most important thing you want to convey because the other person will be overwhelmed and defensive immediately if you bombard with topics. Same thing if you are coming to ask both for a raise and and the title change and you want to manage now and pick one. Like nobody can say yes and yes and yes. It's overwhelming and that the manager will think you're crazy. Like how can I do all this? So choose. You just want to raise, come and ask for a raise and come with the reasons why you're entitled for a raise. What's the reasoning we have behind it? Come give as much information. Just prep to talk about that. Don't boil the ocean. Focusing is really important if you want to get an outcome out of it. If you're trying to boil the ocean, well, nothing will happen. It's way too big and you will be dismissed as just overwhelming the other person with your request. And they're like, the guy doesn't know what he's talking about. Even if you are the manager, they're like, you're complaining about everything. I don't know what I'm going to do about it. I cannot fix it. It's like, you hate me. 
And that's the other part. Don't take it personally. Don't take it into personal aspects. It's not about the person. It's about, it's about actions. So Lital and I used to listen to Mike uh, Management Tools by two there guys. Great, great, great podcast going on for decades called Manager Tools by two guys called Mike and Mark. One of them uh, is an XP and GL, which like he has a lot of the things that I learned. Look them up. They have a full series about hard conversations and how to do them well. Yes. And one of the most important thing is more, more likely than not, if you work in tech or you are in another space, you're not a psychologist. Don't psychoanalyze people. You don't know this shit. It's a degree. People take years to learn this. Don't analyze people. And it's not your job as a manager or as an employee to psychoanalyze the other person. You're there for outcomes, not for the behaviors. Exactly. And that's an important element. You need to share to somebody. When you do something, this is how others react to it. The outcome is when you do X, the outcome is Y. So it's not about the behavior that is the problem. It might be a problem, but the outcome is a problem. When you come late to work, the outcome is that you don't get to get us the many calls you're supposed to get a day. If you don't get um, dressed professionally in the morning, people interpret it as you not performing on your job. So. Don't attack the behavior. You're not dressing up uh, professionally. Give the feedback of the outcome. The outcome is our customers don't see you as the professional that you are, and they may not buy from us because they think we're not a serious company. So, so think about outcomes, link the behavior, just say, observe the behavior. Don't judge the behavior, but tell what the negative outcome is. Because you're not giving me a raise, I cannot perform at my best. It makes me think the company don't value what I'm doing and I'm going to need to go and look for another job in the circumstances of the market. You can do that instead of just saying, you don't value me. I mean, it's terrible. I don't know. How can you give me such a low salary? and not give me uh, an increase for two years. When you say it, you don't value me, somebody may say, yeah, yeah, we do, we do. We value you, we love you. Love you. Look, all the, all the nice emails that you're getting. Uh, the other thing is be honest, but kind. A lot of people use honesty as a reasoning to be assholes. Think of a way to say things that addresses the outcomes as we were talking about in an honest way, by the way, Honesty is kindness. A lot of people say, no, 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 no. This will offend people. Yes, most likely, more likely than not, when you're going to talk to people, they will be offended. So, for example, when you talk to a developer and tell them, listen, everybody else has 20 commits this week. You have one in the last six weeks, and all you did was delete a couple of comments. When you have that conversation, Somebody will be offended. They'll say, I'm a junior developer. I don't have experience. Uh, nobody's helping me. People will, will take this, but you need to tell them that when, for example, 
this is one of my favorite topics to give feedback to engineers. Almost every young engineer create, tries to create the block of code that solves world hunger. They'll do a commit that includes about 5,000 lines of code. Every, every single one of my other employees will call me and says, what the fuck? I can't review that thing. That's a disaster. And this is what I need to convey is when you do something, here's how it impacts every other employee on the team that needs to review this. Or when you just commit code and you don't review other people's code, they feel like you're not being part of the team because they expect you to take a look at theirs and learn from that. They, these are very concrete examples and everybody will resist this. They'll say, I don't have enough time. I'm a junior developer. I, uh, I, I've never learned this. This is really complicated. This is really hard. These are things that you need to address and say, here are my expectations from a developer on my team. Here are my expectations from a salesperson in this team. This is my expectation from a CS member on my team. I'm expecting somebody to understand the product at this level. If you don't understand it at this level, what can we do to get you to this level? Here are the things I suggest you do to get to this level. And everything, by the way, that you give as a, as a manager, everything that you give as a feedback needs to be measurable. When you are an employee and you talk to your manager and have a hard conversation, this is a very hard thing to remember. And by the way, my mom always says, the boss may not always be right, but he's always the boss. You need to be able, and those are also important conversations to say. You say, here is the things that limit me from getting to my potential. Make them measurable. Here are the OKRs of the organization. I'm trying to get to there. I need you to help me by A, B, C, and D to get it. I believe that peer one, peer two, peer three might be in the way because here are the actions that they're taking and here are their, how they, they're moving us away from the, those OKRs. If you're not able to have these measurable conversations, you're not, you're not able to have something that moves the ball forward because if, if you're not measurable, you can't measure fixed and, and fixing. Does that make sense? Yeah, and I think uh, it's really important, uh, as you said before, that the, the one providing the feedback listens because there might be really valid issues that they you're not aware of. Uh, the manager will bring up and you need to be aware. You need to really listen and reassess the position. If you just said to an employee, this is how you, you put your commits, and he says, well, I was never trained on it. I don't know how to do it. So stop. Believe him. It's not like he is being just stupid and lazy. Think of how you can help. Is there something systematic that is standing in his way to, to perform? I think in conversations between peers, and usually I find those are actually the hardest to actually happen because a manager understands that he needs to deliver a tough conversation to an employee. Employees, if they want to raise, they want to get better, they will probably go and talk with the managers at a certain point after avoiding it for a while. I think a lot of times what I find for a lot of people, they find it really hard to go to colleagues and peers, people in the same level, 
give them feedback on the day-to-day or have hard conversations about certain behaviors, things they see, they don't feel like they have the right to do it or the authority. Who am I to say something to colleague on my team? How do you see that, Didi? And like, let's give, like, let's encourage those conversations because I think part of the problem is teams are remote. They don't really meet. So there are no like chats on when you are in the water cooler, uh, grabbing coffee and just saying, hey, the thing that happened yesterday, I think we should have done it differently. And so, so I think the fact that to give feedback for each other, people actually need to book a call, get on Zoom, talk to each other is super tough. And it's not part of the day-to-day. A manager and an employee will have one-on-ones regularly, skip levels if you're two levels up from your manager. Colleagues don't necessarily have one-on-ones and they need to be kind of um, thinking about it, going in, booking. I think it's hard. And this is where people will avoid those conversations or will kind of like go bitch to the boss instead of taking it directly with the peer. So this... I am very grateful to my ex Pierre Sneha, who used to be Martin's boss and Aaron's boss, but Aaron's was probably listening to this. And he made me talk to my peers when we were not functioning effectively as a team. Since then, since then, I make sure that the peers I work with a lot, I have stand-in one-on-ones with. And I think you need to build a rapport before you can have a hard conversation. So try to understand the other person. Before you have the hard conversation, you have to have four comfortable conversations before you have one hard conversation. And one of the things I'd like to have is understand the other person. Understand how does their day look like. Understand what their demands are from their boss. So when Martin and I had friction, and one of the things that really helped me understand was I spent time to understand what is hard for him to do his job today. And I think you listened, you overheard a couple of those when we were driving to different places on vacations that Martin and I were talking. I was, it took until I understood the shift that he did in his role that he, this is, a first-time PM role after basically being a practitioner for a long time. After understanding his kids, his hobbies, his life, building empathy on the things we share together, like biking, understanding of his world, I was able to communicate to him my challenges with him in a concrete way. Of, I'm, This is how I view your role. But if your boss doesn't view your role, I need to adjust. And once I adjust and I learn what his boss is asking from him, I now understand how I can help him reach his goals, but I can also give him feedback on how when he's not talking to me in an effective way, he's not helping me achieve my goals from my boss. And therefore, we're in an impasse. And this is something something you need to understand because you need to understand the system and the ecosystem of the constraints that your peer has before you can actually give him feedback. Think of this as like walking a mile in somebody's shoes. So 
you need to first have at least four comfortable conversations, real comfortable conversations, real diffusing conversations before you can have the, the, the first hard one. And this drives everybody with short tempers like, let's say, Mital, crazy because you want to go and yell at them like right away, you are fucking up. But no, if you start- Oh, you just text them on Slack, right? You didn't do this, this, this. What are we doing? Exactly. If you don't have these, if you don't build those bridges first and understand what it means to walk in their shoes, you can't have a hard conversation. Second, giving feedback about behavior to, to, to peers, I always start this and can I give you feedback? And if the answer is no, then fuck the fuck, fuck off. Don't, don't try to push the feedback. Ask politely. Did you ever get a no? Of course. People say no. Don't give me feedback. Yep. Seriously. Seriously. I don't most, think I ever got a no. Most people are curious and they will not shut you off. I mean. Well, you're working with social skill people. I'm, I'm working with engineers. Uh, they will say no. No, I no, no. Everything. I don't want people. Most, most, most say yes. So when, when you go beyond a certain level, people will say yes. Yeah. But you need to start by asking because also you don't understand the timing. Yes. Yeah. Correct. Because this is, this is sometimes that somebody says yes, but this is not the time. Cause if at the level that I was when I was working for Al, a whole bunch of us were basically VP level people or senior director level people, each managing a legion of people. It could be that right now you have five different escalations and three different people yelling at you at the same time in multiple channels. So whatever you, feedback you give cannot be absorbed. It goes to DevNow. It goes to DevNow. So ask if the timing is right and ask if somebody is willing to and receptive to feedback. I, I think it's really important this pause and saying, hey, can I give you a feedback? Because not only asking for the permission, you need to make it clear that you're giving it feedback because sometimes you just go straight into it and you then think, oh, but the person didn't get it. He didn't change. He didn't change anything. The person getting the feedback needs to kind of switch his mindset, become attentive to what you're saying, listen to it, interpret it, if you just go and stream your feedback out, he's not necessarily listening. Maybe he's listening, but not really absorbing thinking. Also stopping and getting into this place of empathizing with you. You may get immediately, if you don't frame it and pause and ask and being respectful uh, for a yes or no, um, uh, are you I'm giving you feedback now. The person receiving the feedback may go automatically into this offensive mode of like, what are you talking about? Blah, blah, blah. Instead of like creating this safe space that I'm giving feedback. And you can even say, can I give you feedback? And it's totally okay if you disagree with me. So I just want to share a few observations. Um, and again, when you go to that, then think about uh, uh, outcomes and not judging behaviors, just observing behaviors, not judging and focusing on outcomes. It's really, really important that the other person 
understands that you're giving him feedback and he have a space that is safe for him to listen, absorb it, not immediately go, come into, but no, the reason is that we're doing this because of that and that. You want to open an open conversation and kind of like judgment-free conversation as much as possible, which is hard, right? That is why it's hard conversations. We're almost to time. Anything else we want to cover around that? Yes, the follow-up. Talk hard about follow-up. Hard conversations require a follow-up. When you have a hard conversation with your employee, make sure to follow this up in writing. When you have a hard conversation with your boss, make sure to follow it up in writing. Not I would say already book a follow-up conversation, not just the writing. The writing is kind of like to... to um summarize, put a few bullet points and ask if the person agrees to what was discussed, if you want to add more, but more important than the written follow-up. And if possible, at the end of the conversation, say, I know that I we talked about a few tough topics. Actually, we talked about one topic because as we said, we want to focus on one topic. I want to make sure, and maybe it was a lot here, I want to make sure we are kind of like nailing this and, and we see if, what we can do and how I can help you with this. So let's put time on our schedule next week, in the next few days. Obviously, you need to think about it. Make sure you make it explicit that there's going to be a follow-up conversation and you're just not sending them to, you know, think about it. And, you know, uh, uh, it, it's... For a person walking out of a tough conversation, if he's on the receiving side, he's going to go through all kinds of talks with himself and he may, and it might be toxic even. People may go and think a lot of things. You want to be clear that they have a safe follow-up to come discuss, think about it, bring their topics in. Schedule immediately the follow-up conversation. Don't let it hang out there as if things are going to be out there in the air. And by the way, the last but not least thing that, and this is where we will wrap up, is this was not, and we missed it, complete topic that we need to have on, on a different thread and a different show, is how to apologize effectively. Because that's the other hard conversation that you need to have with your peers. Usually you the hardest. We don't yeah. like apologizing. It's hard. No, I mean... Most people don't like to apologize, but you need to make sure if you are not apologizing, you're not doing your job. It means that you're floating and, and not saying anything. If you not, have not said something, if you've not broken glass, you've achieved absolutely nothing in your job. But you need to learn to apologize. And we're going to talk about this in another time. Absolutely. So kids listening to the show, tough conversations, face to face. Open your camera if you're far away from the person. Stop texting. Stop ghosting. Stop putting things anonymously on social media threads. It's not helpful. Yes, the internet is a mean place and you can be mean. Um, it's not helping the world. Your day-to-day -day is a human interaction with another human being. And no, you cannot chat GPT. It. Just go there and talk. <laughs> Learn how to do it. I think with that, we can a show for the day. Awesome. Well, thanks, everyone. The Didi and Mital Show is a weekly podcast. If you like it, please rate, review it, share with your friends. 
We're going to be here next week. Thanks, Didi. Thanks for joining remotely from the Cape. Have a good week.